Hebrews chapter 5, and I want to stay on this same string. Uh, chapter 6. The Lord is working in our lives, y'all. He is, he's having his way. It seems like a, a strange path, but since we don't any of us know what the path should look like, this may be it. Who knows? Because the New Testament does not tell us exactly how a church should operate. We do get the sense that there's preaching because of the book of Acts. Uh, and that, that pattern that's laid down where they, they preached and 3,000 were saved. And we have the church and uh, we, we have a lot of things, a lot of elements. But he pretty much lets us do church by the Holy Ghost. And a lot of that's done not so much by what the Holy Ghost wants, but how we were raised and how we feel comfortable. Every family's different. There's a church next door meeting this morning that's just, they're just 50 yards from here. And they're doing it completely different than us in the same building. I can promise you it's not, not much similar. But it says in chapter 6 of Hebrews, and this isn't where we're going this morning, but I do want to point this out. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And then he, he gives us six keys, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith of God toward God of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And he said, and this we will do if God permit. He said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And that's what we're doing right now. So, you know, uh, uh, you may think that at times that there's somebody in the room that we should throw the net, so to speak. That's a, that's a euphemism. Throw the net. Ask somebody if they want to get born again and, and lead them to the Lord. But that's, that's not the pattern of the word, and that's not the... Uh, I, I can tell you, there was plenty done, plenty of plead, seed planting last week. And uh, the, the seed that was sown will not return void. So we're good. We're good. We don't have to have instant results. Uh, I read this last week to you, and I want to read it again. Uh, if the rate of change in the kingdom becomes greater than the rate of change in the church or in individuals, then there's a disconnect. If the rate of change in the kingdom, the kingdom's moving. Do we agree the kingdom's moving? The reason it's moving, it would go on the same forever, except there's going to be an interruption. The Lord Jesus is coming back for us. He's, there's a rapture. There's a departing, a, a taking up. So things are changed because of that. Otherwise, they've been 2,000 years pretty much the same. Carry on. But because there's a turn or a change coming in that, things are ramped up, both in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. There's a corresponding uh, response from hell because the Lord is coming back. So 
Otherwise, it would just stay the same. And it was in the 20s and it was in the 30s, except for Azusa Street and the healing revival and the charismatic renewal and the, and the word of faith movement. These things are things that are all moving towards the event that's all but imminent. The Lord is coming for his. And then after seven years, then he'll come back and uh, the second coming will happen. But if the rate of change in the kingdom becomes greater than in the church or a believer's life, there is a disconnect and the end is near. And so we have to synchronize. We have to harmonize. We have to symphonize. Uh, we have to attune ourselves to what the kingdom's doing. And that's what we're endeavoring to do is to stay current with what the kingdom's doing, how the kingdom is moving. So we talk about the coming of Jesus because it's closer than it's ever been. And there's things to do. There's a, like Joe Morris says, there's a hurry up, there's a hurry up theology. There's a hustle theology instead of a case sarah, and we'll just go on as we have. We're born again, good enough. So we're, we're energizing ourselves in the kingdom to, like the army says, to be all we can be and to think right. Y'all, we've got to think right. You know, you go, oh, well, of course we think right. Oh, you can change your thinking. The reason is, is because we cannot take our mind out and put it over here and analyze ourselves back. We have to have something that intervenes or interrupts us to say, that's wrong thinking. Well, no, it's not. I've always thought that way. That's the way it should be. How many of y'all know people think wrong on occasion, even though they love God and they say this is the way? You can think wrong and it'll take you off course. And we're wanting to stay on course. He said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. So we have an admonition there to grow up, to grow up and mature, to grow up and lead, to grow up and make disciples, to grow up and become the agent that was put in our lives to bring us here to become that agent for somebody else. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bible, if you would, with me, the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Hallelujah. And we're going to start something new this morning. See how long it goes, how far it goes. Matthew 25. I want to welcome you to River Church this morning. If you're online, we're so glad you're here. We are going on to perfection. So that'll mean that there's occasionally, like there was in John 6, where the disciples heard the Lord Jesus say, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they said, this is a hard saying. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard saying. So there may be hard sayings, but we're working out all the hard sayings so that we can walk with him in agreement. So uh, chapter 25, let's look in verse 14. You kind of know that's where we go in this chapter. For the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. So he's going to demo or give us a parable or a simile or a, a like version of how it is. Because we're down here on earth and we're endeavoring to conform ourselves or agree with heaven. He said, let me tell you how it is so you can change anything that's not. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. 
And unto one he gave five talents. A talent is a measure of wealth. It's, it's got a dual meaning because it means a, a gifting or a grace that people have, a nobility. But this was actually a unit of gold or silver. So we can measure it. We don't know how much it is exactly, but it doesn't matter. Five, two, and one is the measure. To another two and another one. To each man according to his several ability. I hope you have a little line coming out of ability into the margin of your Bible, if you write in your Bible, that says capacity. That's what the word means. He gave them according to their capacity. Or another word we're going to use in this series is achievability, which is kind of an awkward word. But it's your potential. It's your capacity. It's your ability. It's your achievability. What you could do if everything was burning at 100%. Teenage boys, they want to know what the capacity of their, of their engine, their, their car, whatever they're driving back when they were 17, they all wanted to know what their achievability was. So you got out on a long stretch of road and you just held it down as long as you could. <laughs> or you went from street light to street light, you know, and, and, and measured that. I mean, and other crazy things. Well, that's what, that's what we're all wanting to know is how to max out our lives. Do y'all want to max out your life? You know, it wants, if it's not much, then you want to have all of not much. If it's pretty much, you want to have all of pretty much. And if it's a whole bunch, you want to have a whole bunch of whole bunch. We want to max out our lives. In other words, we don't want to leave it on the table. That's what it should be. He said, let us move on unto perfection. Let us move on from the elementary and basic doctrines of the word. So that's what we're doing. We're not trying to get uh, into something weird, but we want to develop our lives so that our several ability is tapped out. I'm doing all I can. I'm doing all there is. Would you agree that based on this scripture and other scriptures that we are responsible for 100% of the capacity that we've been given? This man, this, this uh, manager, this, uh, this uh, master, he had three servants and he recognized them that they were not all the same. And so he knew it would be unfair to task them all with the same. He'd be underloading one of them. If he said everybody do three, he'd be underloading one of them. He'd be overloading the guy that he gave two, and he'd be way overloading the guy that he gave one. But he was fair. The Lord is fair. I said the Lord is fair. So we got to understand that not everything that's, that everything that's in the room is not everybody's ability. They're singers. And then there's me. <laughs> and knowing that keeps a lot of hurt from happening to our lives and bodies and hallelujah. I, I, I make a joyful noise. I do the best I can with what I have by myself, except when I walk through the house. Yeah, I heard that, Garland. I heard that. So, uh, so it's different for everyone. 
but we're all responsible to max out whatever's in us. Now, the problem, obviously, is when we don't think or don't know or don't understand that there's a difference. So we try to compete. Competition is evil. Competition is evil. Now, you can compete in football or basketball or whatever you want to do, but it's not a kingdom principle. There's, there's exactly enough for everybody, and we don't have to compete with somebody else. There's plenty to go around. So we don't have to say, if I don't get his part or part of his part or a part of the big pie, I won't have enough. There's plenty for everybody, and if they get more than their share, the Lord will provide. So there, there's, there's no deficiency or no measuring to say, some of us that are aggressive are going to have more than some of us that are not. It's called potential. You live to your most potential. So if the pastor in a church, for instance, if the, if the usher does a better job ushering than the pastor does shepherding, he has a better reward. The pastor has no more inroad in uh, or avenue to get a reward than anybody in the church. It's just a different path. It's just a different path. So if he doesn't do his job as good as the, the nursery or the children's church or anything, then, then judgment or the reward time will show that. And you go, well, I thought you, I, you're a pastor. I thought you'd have a big reward. He said, I didn't. No, the pastor said, no, they found out I didn't do, I didn't do dwaddle. I didn't do anything. I just showed up with an online sermon. And you're going down. So there's a, but there is an expiration date, so to speak, like there is on food and, and things, of developing your gift. We, we, we can't just get to the end of it and say, well, that's all. And we'll see this in this story there. I wrote down, I looked up the word potential. And so potential means the capable Capable of being. Capable. That's an interesting word. So I went through about eight different scenarios of naming this series. Yeah, I spent quite a while on it. And I finally came up with engaging your achievability factor. I, I don't know if that's going to make it or not. <laughs> Potential means capable of being. It means becoming possible as opposed to the actual. The possible versus the actual. So there was more in the tank than we saw. Somebody didn't tap out their potential. It, it means dormant ability. Again, there was something left on the table. It means reserved power. It means untapped strength, unused success, hidden talents, unknown and untested capability, unknown and untested capability. I can tell you, sometimes when you think I'm doing pretty good, it's not really measured based on how good you are compared to this and compared to that. I'm doing better than them. 
That's what sinners love to do. They like to say, I'm as good as the people that go to church. And sadly, that's probably true a lot of times. But it's not based on comparison or competition. It's based on your capacity. What did he give you to do your life? He expects you to max that out. So a V8 is going to outrun a, a Prius. But just like in golf where they put women's tees closer to the flag than they do men's tees, and yet at the end, they're measured the same. Did you par? Did you under par? Did you over par? Whatever that's called. Well, that's because you, you got to be closer. It's according to our ability. They, they adjust. There's a handicap for, for these things. I, I don't know, but that's, it's something like that. It's similar to that. It it's counts the same, even though there's an adjustment. So uh, your capacity, he said, according to their several abilities, what he gave them to. So it's all you can be, but have not yet become. All you can be, but have not yet become. And depending on your giddy up, may not become. Might be the one that we remember, this we'll read it, but one that had the one talent, he had the least jump to make. He had the least challenge of all of them, and yet he didn't even become his one. And the Lord scourged him. It's all you can do but have not done. This, this will put a fire in your, in your stove. All you can have but have not acquired. What you have done that is no longer your, what you have done that is not your potential is just history. So, wow, you know, I had that man tell me one time, I think I've done pretty good. And he was pretty pretty stout of himself. But the truth is, he was talking about the size of his church, but the truth is, there was lots of churches bigger than him. I mean, if we're just going to go numerically, there was lots of churches in that same city that were bigger than his church. But he was saying, done pretty good. Well, he was comparing himself to someone maybe like me in that particular context and conversation. I don't know. But in the sense of, of the whole worldview, he was way back. And then if you go to Dr. Cho's church in Korea that had 750,000 members, you go, you're not even a speck on the map. We, we can't even find you. So it's relative, isn't it? It's not the same. Your history, what you've done, will either congratulate you or condemn you because it's based on our potential. Well, I've, I've done this. It's pretty good. Well, you or I've done this. I, I have failed miserably. I've got a long ways to go because he gave me a bunch, but I didn't do much with it. Failure and success. I wrote this down. Failure and success are each based on understanding our potential. You can be a success and do considerably less than somebody else based on tapping out your potential and measuring against somebody else what they did with their potential. 
So they may run a, a four minute mile, but they've been Olympic material for years. And we've just walked around the block twice. And so our six minute mile looks pretty good compared to that. You see what I mean? It's based on what's inside of you. In Romans chapter four, we'll go back to this. If you put a finger there, we'll, we'll find your finger here in just a minute. I want to talk about this. I, I, I want to stir us up about thinking big in small places and never let us get comfortable. Religion gets comfortable. I fight religion. I fight lack and poverty. I fight sickness and, and, and pain with all my might. I despise those things. I'm never comfortable, not just in my body or my life, but in anybody's. I hate them. They are, they are in they are indicative of the curse. Thinking little in little places. That's the default. That's just what everybody has. That's what you everybody's been given that. But to think big in small places is to put on something more than the default. It's the reaching. It's the stretching. It's the pressing. It's the it's the pushing of our lives, which we all are measured by. Chapter 4, verse 17, the word's talking about Abraham. And it says, as it is written. So you could go look and find out where it's written. Genesis 17. He said, as it is written, what was written? What was written was, God said, I have made thee, to Abraham, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who he believed, even God, who two attributes who quickeneth the dead. One thing God does, he quickens the dead. Aren't y'all glad we're born again? We were dead in our trespasses and sins and he raised us up. And the other thing it says that God does, I mean, how, how, can, you, how can you boil God down to two things? He says, he quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Calleth those things which be not as though they were. I looked that up. The Amplified, I mean, you know what this means, but let's just, let's just, let's just put it in us so that it has something to stick to. The Amplified says, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised. Speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So he's, he's speaking to capacity. He's speaking to potential. He's saying what you see, what, what's right here right now, is not what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to what it is, the unseen realm, the capacity, what this thing should look like, where this thing's got to go, where this thing has to end up is not where it is. We're going to call things that be not that are in that 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 are seen we're not going to we're not going to stop at the scene we're going to talk about potential god's always talking about our potential he's never talking about you poor thing you're sick and you're broke and and that's just how it is the lord never says that does he he never says it is like you see it is he always he always calls it like the potential 
And so literally, the, the word is father's voice of expectation, of, of the blueprint. We hadn't built it yet, but here's the blueprint. This is, here's, here's the artist's rendition of this building or this city or this whatever. This is what it's going to look like. Well, where is it? Well, it's not built yet, but it is what's coming. And that's what father does. He's always speaking to your potential. You can live under your potential, under your capacity. You can live a default life. What is, is is. What will be, will be. Or you can live according to the blueprint of your capacity. He's never encouraged me to say, I'm going to make you a great singer someday. He's never mentioned that to me. Yeah, it would be the miracle of all miracles. Hallelujah. The Living Bible says, speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. That's what the Father does. He speaks of future events with as much certainty, as in present tense, as though they were already past. That's what this is. It's the book of capacity. It's the book of achievability. It's the book of potential. And so we're always, by faith, stretching from what we see, feel, and know to our potential. He said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, Lord, I don't even feel good. He said, I, I, Jesus became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Well, Lord, I'm trying to find lunch money. We're shaking out the sofa right now. He said, I, I'm not speaking about your present day. You got two eyes, you got two ears. You can feel in here and see those things yourself. You don't need the word to tell you where you already are. Your senses are well tuned to how it is right now. He said, I'm speaking to what I've done for you and what it looks for, looks like. The, uh, the Living Bible it speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. Oh, so he's speaking to me. Some things are the same for everybody. Singing is not for the same for everybody. I promise you it's not. But there's things in me that, that other people do not have. But there's things that we all have. We're in the standard model. You go what, look at a car and they'll say, you know, here is the, here's the standard equipment. And then you look over here and say, hey, this is extra. You know, you got a moonroof, you, you got mud flaps, you got a V8, you got red color, whatever's over there. So that would be, that would be like singing or, or teaching or things that are extra. But the base model is, by his stripes, we were healed. We don't say, well, you know, God didn't do that to everybody. Yes, he did. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Yes, he did. That is our potential. That is the end as far as Father sees it. I don't know about that. Well, you're, you're, you're looking at it like it's an option. It's standard equipment. That's what we should be doing. So the word, the word of God is Father's voice speaking to your future. He sees your ability, your potential. It's the five talents. It's the two talents. It's the one talent. Everybody got as much 
as they could handle. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're right there in Romans. Slip over to a well-known verse, but let's just make sure we, we have this inside of us. That Let's document that what I'm saying is in the Word. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let's read it together. Verse 17, ready, read. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So that's, that's telling us the difference between the actual and the potential, the capacity, the achievability. You're dead in your trespasses and sin, but Jesus was not willing that any man should perish. So he died for us all. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave it for the whole world. So our achievability, our capacity, our potential is that old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. And then he details the old things that are become new. He details it in the word. He tells you who you are. Well, it doesn't feel like it. He tells you who you are. Well, it doesn't seem like it. He tells you who you are. You can sit there like a dummy or you can get up and say, this is who I am. This is what I have. This is what I can do. So the new birth and we just have to say this. The new birth is the download of our unseen potential. When you got born again, everything got downloaded. But I promise you, unless you're someone like Barry or a lot of other people, if you open your computer at home and you say, well, I know what's on this computer. On mine, it would be Word and BibleSoft and, and Excel and programs like that. But to tell you the truth, unless I went into the guts, into the brain or into the, the innermost parts of it and find out what's really on my little computer, I would be amazed. There's lots of stuff in there that I don't. Yeah. And if you go to delete it and then you crank it back up and it's going, no, that doesn't work anymore. Well, I didn't mean to get rid of something that was good. I just wanted to get rid of the trash. Well, you you took out the good stuff in the trash. Uh, that's happened before. Hallelujah. I'm cleaning up. I'm doing housekeeping and I'm, I'm throwing out the refrigerator. Hallelujah. Uh, so the new birth is the download of our future. Our potential came then, but it's our job to unpack it and find it and put it in our lives. Well, there's a lot more there than we thought. Uh, the, the, the God kind of faith. Who's got the God kind of faith this morning? We all do. If you're born again, you've got it. Well, where is it? It's your potential. It's your capacity. It's who you are. You got the you got the uh, the God kind of love. It's in there already. Well, I feel cranky today. Well, you're you're not living to your potential then. <laughs> the grace of God, the favor of God, everything, the wealth. As he is, so are we in this world. It's in there. Well, where is it? It's your potential. I'm always uh, amazed by that race that, uh, that uh, was done in the Olympics or somewhere where Barry Waddle, Whittle, Waddle. Yeah, he was the last guy on a four-lap relay. 
not relay. No, he, he, no, everybody ran the whole thing. And he was way, 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 way back. I mean, like way back. And he was getting further back all the time. And come the fourth lap, something happened. Well, what happened? Well, did he take a vitamin? Did someone, you know, pass him a vitamin? Or, or what happened? It was in there all the time. But you couldn't see it. It was, it was doom and gloom for him. He was the USA guy. And that boy kicked. <laughs> and he, he put the pedal to the metal. He, he cranked it up. It was, it was, and and there, was some, there were some sure enough runners in there. This, this wasn't like amateur hour. It wasn't me and Deborah Ann out there running. Sorry, babe. And he kicked and he went around and he won the whole thing. And it was in there all along, but you couldn't see it until the race was finished. And that's who you are. And I want to find out who we are. We're just folks, good folks. We've got the elementary doctrines of Christ in us. Yay. We understand about baptisms and repentance from dead works. And uh, we understand that. We get that. But that's not enough to put us over the finish line of who we are. Amen. Uh, the passion version of 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. The passion says, as all that Jesus now is, as all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. That's your potential. As he is, so are we. Well, I sure don't feel like Jesus, and he sure doesn't look like Jesus, and historically we sure hadn't acted like Jesus. He said, well, that's the mark. You haven't gone past the mark. You hadn't redlined until you're acting and doing and having like Jesus. It's one of the most amazing scripture. It throws religion completely out. Well, we're just worms, and you know the Lord Jesus, he was God. It just as he is, so are we. So are we right now. So, so it has happened. So it is history. So it is downloaded. So it is in me. So I have access to it right now. Wow, there's more in me than I understood. Must be capacity. Must be achievability. Must be my potential. I can be in the basic model... I can be everything he was. We're, we never heard that Jesus was a great singer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, so we're not, we're not compared. That's not on the table to say it's in your capacity. Acts 10, 34. Y'all mind turning to a few scriptures with me and just nail this. The word says that we're called the mastery. As Christians, we're not just to know the, the elementary doctrines of Christ. We're called to mastery. And that's what we do every time we meet is we minister on mastery. Who am I? Well, not good enough. Good enough is good enough. No, who am I? I am called. You are called. We are called to master every part of our potential. Every part. It says in uh, 1030, 1034, there we are. Now, this is another amazing scripture that we don't look at much. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that, say it with me, God is no respecter of persons. Well, there you go. 
So no more comparison, no more competition. Well, God gave him more than me. <laughs> That's not the part we're comparing. He's no respecter of persons. I looked it up in the uh, in the New Living. It says, I see, oh, excuse me, the Amplified. I now perceive and understand that God shows no partiality and is no respecter of persons. No partiality. So you look at some people and you go, wow, they are a whiz bang. I could never have what they have or do what they do. No respecter. If you see it in the earth and it's standard equipment, not singing, not running, standard equipment, then it's yours. The New Living says, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. No favoritism. Say with me. No favoritism. So if he does it for anyone, if he heals anyone of MS, if he heals anybody of CP, of cerebral palsy, or, or God forbid, these terrible things, if, if it's ever been seen in the earth for anybody, he has it for you. He has it for me. He's not saying, if you, if, you know, if you were special, you'd have what this special one has, but you're not special. No favoritism. The, uh, the passion says God treats everybody on the same basis. The easy to read. I don't know what that means, but it is the easy to read. God does not consider some people to be better than others. You go, well, of course, that, no, everybody knows that. No, they may say they know it, but they don't act like they know it. They don't live like they know it. They live like someone has special access. And they don't. We don't. You don't. I don't. We don't. We all have to do it. Kenneth Copeland does not. Kenneth Hagin did not. Billy Graham did not. Whoever you think has got an inside voice and, and the Lord just did it because he had to do something in the earth. That was in their potential, and they just tapped out a big measure of their potential. But even then, we don't know what Kenneth Copeland and the kid Hagen could have done. We say, they did a lot. Well, that doesn't mean that there wasn't a lot more. Brother Hagen got tired at the end. Who knows if he hadn't got tired? I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying. Who, you can't measure that. That's inside of each one of us. So the future is not based on what we've seen. The future is based on what we have not seen. What you've done to now, attaboy. Yeah, give him an attaboy. He did good, good, good. Compared to what? Churches in Africa, not all of them, of course, but many churches, you can't even pastor until you've raised somebody from the dead. I'd say we had a little low bar over here in America. If you can borrow a Bible in America, if you can borrow a Bible, you, you, can, you can say, I'm a pastor, I'm an apostle, or what, whatever they say. Whatever people say, we, yeah. You go, they're pretty good. Well, compared, compared to here, but that, just, that doesn't compare to what the Lord downloaded. So there's more. There's more to me than I've been bringing. Have you ever been distracted? 
I mean, you get distracted the early years of raising kids, obviously. You're chasing three little blessings all over the world and trying to get them through junior high and then trying to get them through college or whatever's next. And then they bring grand sugars around and you're distracted by that. And, and then there's work and then there's keeping up the house. And, you know, just life is very distracting. And you can't, you can't eliminate the distractions so much, but you can reprioritize them and say, I, I got to work on getting my potential out there because who I am, on, listen, who I am on the inside will take care of all this stuff that's distracting me from reaching my potential. The distractions are the enemy to our potential. But our potential, when we seek first the kingdom of God, our all these things will be added to us, then you know how it is. Some people raise kids with ease. And some people, three kids, they never get over it. And they don't raise their kids right because they can't handle it. And so then their kids multiply and come back to them. Because, you know, you're going to raise them. You're going to raise them one way. You're going to raise them when they're young or you're going to raise them when they have young. And so there's no escape to that. So there's potential in me. I could have done a better job parenting. But I was distracted. Were you distracted? Everybody could say I was distracted because we were working on stuff that wasn't what God had us work on. We were working on a social scene. We were working in a political realm. We were certainly working in an economic world where we didn't know that he has made me rich. I have all sufficiency in all things. We didn't know that. So we were chasing things that God didn't have us chase. He said, chase who I am in you and all these things shall be added to you. But we were chasing the literal thing. We spend a lot more time, I'll just tell you, on politics than we should in this world. As Christians, we spend a lot more time engaged in what they're doing. We have no right. This is my personal opinion. We have no right. We have no call to deal with those political things until we have first been in prayer about our society. If you hadn't prayed about it, you can't gripe about it. So I don't pay much attention to people that don't pray, but they're always complaining about it. So that's just my take on that. But that, there's a lot of other areas we do that. We don't pray enough. We don't work. Prayer is not so much petitioning God. God, do this. God, do that. It's agreeing with the word. It's just agreeing with the word, which is what he, God's already in agreement with his word. Would you all agree? He's already pretty much he's in. <laughs> and so it's me that needs lining up. It's me that needs to play my my notes on the trombone in the, according to the script and the conductor. And so uh, we need to be more kingdom oriented. Turn with me to Mark. We've got just a few more minutes. I want to I go somewhere with this and then we'll just, we'll just, to get mastery, we'll have to spend some time on this subject about our potential, our achievability, our capacity to discover it and, and, and realize there's more in me, more in you than what's seen, we'll have to get out of a big box. Because the lines are drawn. The, the, the 
borders are set. The barbed wire is, is, is worked around us and there is no hope. There's a 12 foot wall around us and we don't even know what's on the other side of that because we've so been conditioned by this world to think small in small places. No matter how small it is, you may be running a government. You may be the president of Uganda or, or Botswana or whatever, whatever. The governor of Alabama. But it's all the same for everybody, too. So look what it says here. We're talking about potential. Everything in life is created with potential. And in chapter 4 of Mark, let's see, verse 26. Look, 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 look. This explains it. One of those scriptures that you never bring out. You never hear anybody teach on this. But here it is. It's found its place. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. We just got through listening to so is the kingdom of heaven. Same thing. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now think about seed. Seed is a very small part of our lives. It's very, it, it doesn't take up much room, doesn't have much importance. We are so focused on what a seed can do, but we're not much on the seed. He said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed in the ground and should sleep or should go about his business and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. So we're talking about potential here, capacity. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. So the seed brings forth its potential. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, is in season, immediately putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. So he says the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is as a seed. So that means my life, your life, is as a seed. Well, if you look at a seed, a watermelon seed, a corn seed, a pea, you look at it and you go, you're nothing. I mean, insignificant would say that. What can you do with it? Well, you can crush it and make flour, or you can eat it like it is, or you can boil it and make oatmeal or whatever. You can, it's got that value, or you could plant it. And that's what he said is the kingdom of heaven. You can plant it. You plant the seed. We have to be planted. The potential that's in us is insignificant until it's planted. I have to be planted. I will never see my potential until I allow myself to be planted. So people that never plant themselves into a cause or a, uh, an arena, a ground that's bigger than them, they just plant themselves, they, they just keep themselves. They, they don't let them be planted. They just operate as a seed in their life. Well, a seed's not very valuable, like we just said. It's not very valuable on its own. What can it do? It can just do a few things. But if it's planted, oh my. Suddenly, everything that's in that very small object, that seed, has tremendous potential. Uh, 
Verse 30, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Here we are again. Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that can be in the earth. So he said the mustard seed is insignificant. And if it's never planted, it's always insignificant. It's not worthy of note. But when it is sown, verse 32, but when it is sown, when the mustard seed, the insignificant thing, the thing that shows no capacity, no achievability, no potential, it groweth up and become greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. So the potential doesn't come until it's planted. Oh, my. So we could be walking around all our lives saying, look at me, I'm, I'm something. And if you only compare yourselves to other seeds, they all look pretty much the same. A black eyed pea and a blue hole pea, you wouldn't say, look at that, that's, that's Grand Canyon looking right there. That's, oh yeah, you ought to go see that. They're all, they're all insignificant. But when you plant them, suddenly what was in it, the unseen, is revealed. And it's amazing. So you would say, go with me on this, in every apple and every oak seed, there's a tree. But if you look at an apple seed, you'd say, I don't see a tree. But there is one in there, isn't there? In, in every bird, there's a flock. You just got to give, we, we've got a little ceramic birdhouse thing. Not we, she. Mama bird's got a little thing. And, and mama bird has a mama bird. So now our little her treehouse has, a, I mean, her birdhouse has a bird in it. And there's going to be birds if we'll leave it alone, if I won't knock it over. Hallelujah. In every fish, there's a school. A fish. In every sheep, there's a flock. In every cow, there's a herd, potentially. In every boy, there's a man. In every girl, there's a a woman. In every generation, there's a nation. In every church, there's a revival. There's a move of God. In every act of love or every act of faith, there's a move of God. So there's, if we're a seed right here in River Church, or if you're a seed in your family, and you're distracted, as life does, with all that it takes. It takes, for some people, you know, it takes all of their life to live their life. There's nothing left over. But if you ever get yourself planted, like we did in the offering this morning, we planted ourselves. Did y'all notice we, oh, no, I put money in. I didn't put, I didn't jump in the bucket. No, you, when you put money in, you're planting yourself. That's your talent, your time, your expertise. It's, it's all of you. It's, it's in the bucket. You plant yourself. 
then the word says that there's great potential, like 30, 60, and 100 fold, like all sufficiency in all things abounding to every good work. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to Matthew 25, and I, I will. No, I'm making no promises. Hallelujah. This is so good. This is just, this is life. This, this, this is better than a sale at Walmart or Belks or something. It's better than getting a deal on it. It's better than life. This stuff is better than life because it's above. It's, uh, it's beyond life. It's the real life. It's the real who we are. In Matthew 25, we were there just a little bit ago when we quit in verse uh, uh, 15. But in 16, it says he had received five talents, went and traded and made five other talents. He that had received two went and traded and gained two others. So they planted themselves. But he had received one, went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came, cometh and reckoneth with them. So he had received five, said, Lord, I got five more. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee master over much. Same thing with the two. So why did the two guy get as much commendation, as much praise as the guy that was five? Because of his potential. He got the same reward as the guy that had more given to him. And that's the way it is. This story is so powerful. You don't compare yourself one to another. This guy would have been in the woodshed compared to the guy that brought back five more that had 10. This guy only had four when it was all anted up. But the master said, that's good. According to your capacity, you excelled. And then it goes on there in verse, uh, uh, verse 24. He had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew the times were hard. And I was afraid to sow my talent. Isn't that what it actually says? He said, I was afraid. And verse 25, I hid thy talent in the earth and lo, there has that which is thine. That is almost all Christians. That is the church, the, 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 the church that's asleep. The church that's just a social club, just an entertainment center, just a, uh, just a news Center where we gather together with people that we, for some reason, like, or for some reason we're there. We, we were raised in that church, and so therefore that's our church. But nothing to do with, with being stirred to potential and nothing about planting your seed. It's just a whole big building of seeds. And the Lord's saying, you didn't plant yourself. What's going to happen? Well, he says uh, in verse 26, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest what to do. Verse 27, thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. You should have sent something to missions. It's kind of what I think he's saying. But verse 28, he says, therefore take the talent from him and give it to him which hath 10 talents. Now, this is an immutable and unchangeable principle of the kingdom. 
We don't like it. We don't think it's fair, but it's because we don't understand capacity. That judgment falls on capacity. What does it say in Luke? Uh, Luke 12, 48. To whomsoever much is given, of him much shall be required. And to whom much men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. That is the principle of the kingdom. It doesn't matter what you bring, but how, what's the percentage of what you had in potential? That's what you're measured on what you bring. So if you don't have much, you don't have to bring much. But if you have much, you better be carting it in. You better be loading it up. You can't say he didn't bring much. Therefore, I thought I didn't have to bring much. And so you have a whole congregation, a whole system of churches or of Christians that look around and say, good enough. That's what my dad always said about government work. Good enough for government work because they had lowered the standard. But we're not in the government. We're in the church. And then he went on and said, hmm, oh my. Verse 29, for to, unto everyone that hath, hath capacity, work their capacity, revelation. They knew there was more in me. They call things that be not as though they were. I am who he says I am. I am not who I've made myself to be or what they've said I was or what I couldn't do or my failures in the past. What I've done has nothing to do with my capacity. It just means I have more or less to do it with. He shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. It's the law of the uncommon man. But actually the uncommon man is supposed to be the regular man. This man's not supposed to be uncommon. He's supposed to be what he made us. Yay. We should be planted. We should plant ourselves. That's what these two guys did, five and two. They planted. They went out and did business. It's very painful to be planted. To be planted, you have to be dead. If you put a fresh corn or a kernel or a fresh pea, a fresh radish, if you put it in the ground, it will not grow. It will die. It will rot. It, they have to be dried up. They have to be dead. You have to be dead to be planted. And that's why most people don't be planted, because they're not dead. When you're dead, you want to be planted. Because it's the only hope of a resurrection. So we, we plant when we know we're dead. There is no other course. I am but a mere seed. And my whole job, my whole calling, my whole existence is that he plant me. And so I will be. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. He is so good. So Lord, we thank you for revelation. Whatever that was, Lord, that came into our heart, we're going to ponder it like Mary did. And we're going to see if these things be so. And we're quickened. I'm quickened in my heart to get out of my past and get into the future. To not be who I was and have been content to be, but to live to my potential. Whatever that is, without comparison, without competition, 
Jesus, help us all, we pray. Help us in our mind. Help us know the truth because that's what will set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Woohoo!